0: Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Pod of the Gaps, the podcast which seeks to plug the gaps between church culture and the death of Western civilization. Well, and many other things as well. We don't only talk about the death of civilization, but there we are. We at the moment it seems to be a prevalent theme, doesn't it? Um, my name is Aaron Edwards, and I'm joined by the
1: Bannister himself, Andy Bannister. Yes, that must be that must count, Aaron, as one of the most depressing intros to a podcast. But the times we live in. I mean, the funny thing is, I I I was writing an evangelistic talk this morning for an event I'm doing next week, and the topic they've given me to address is plagues, pandemics, and Putin.
0: (laughs) Which is the worst?
1: Which is the worst of those? I know. And about uh, sort of the first half of the talk is really laying out how desperately depressing everything is, before then showing some gospel hope. And there was a point I've actually had to write in the talk and say, "I'm going to say to the audience, I'm I'm sorry, this is so (laughs) so grim." (laughs) um yeah, actually sometimes yeah. we need the bad news for the good news that's true yeah yeah that's right
0: yeah and, and well you certainly do uh make your way around the uh, the speaking circuit don't you so you've uh you've enjoyed uh speaking about uh life in the atomic age or
1: beyond the atomic um, age
0: recently, well it?
1: actually yes the life in the atomic age that was uh we talked about the last time didn't we in c.s lewis's hmm. uh essay but then we mentioned putin he uh he's been well, uh, literally this afternoon that we're recording this he's uh, he's popped up in the news hasn't he yes. for strange reasons
0: yeah yeah, you, well, you showed me it before. Is it fascinating to say he's now critiquing J.K. Rowling? No, no, he's using J.K. Rowling's example of being uh, cancelled by the West to say that that Russia has uh, been cancelled just like just like uh, the author of Harry Potter, which is quite. Yes, he's
1: become he's become I don't know Vladimir Potter or Harry Putin or something <laughs> like that. But yes, he's literally yeah comparing <laughs> saying ah oh, the West is trying to cancel Russia uh, like they cancelled J.K. Rowling and I'm I was sort of hoping somebody might tap him on the shoulder and go um. Vladimir, you've invaded Ukraine, and uh, J.K. has just said some, you know, fairly mainstream or what were once mainstream things about sex and gender. There is a difference in in invading Ukraine, the gender debate. There is
0: now. Now, now had J.K. Rowling, like you know, armed you know an an army of wizards and uh, magicians to come and I don't know, do some kind of damage to the central. Uh, governments of, uh, that were sort of bringing these bills and policies about trans- transgender rights through Then maybe Peter might have a point, but I guess she's not yet got to that stage, has she? You know,
1: No, I mean, the serious thing, I did think about it, is it's, it's yes, another thing that's depressing because, of course, <laughs> you know, those who are driving the kind of, some of the, the, the nuttier end of the conversation around gender, you know, J.K. Rowling has come under a horrific attack for just saying straightforward things, like uh, you know, uh, a woman is an adult female human. Mm. Um, and so those at the crazy progressive end, and I say crazy, not not everyone who's progressive is crazy. I want to be very careful that we don't be that pejorative. But the very crazy progressive end, you know, this gives them am- ammunition to go, ah, see, JK and uh, and uh, VP, uh, yeah. you know, they're on the same.
0: One and the same, thing. exactly. It's
1: a, it's a d- Although you couldn't make this up, could you? If you'd, this is the kind of material you might have used as a stand-up comedian a week Whoa. or two ago, and now Putin's coming out and saying it. Well, exactly, you know, and it's not, and that, that, you know, funny you should say that, of course.
0: Segway, funny, Se- segway that. alert. <laughs> no, the, know, the classic. I liked your image. I think uh, several episodes ago of you know, like the grinding of gravel in a in a Range Rover uh, um, gearbox. Gear, gear box. That's it. That's how our segues work on here. But absolutely, there, there is a wonderful link, and the link, of course, is how comedy um, emerges in the midst of uh, difficult situations to so sort of describe them and also laugh at them. We 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 spend a lot of time. Not only listening to all puns, Andy, of course, on this uh, this show, which I'm puns, sure many of our puns. most of our uh, listeners are li- really just here for the puns. I'm sure they're waiting for when that moment comes.
1: Fundamentalists, come. oh, they are, exactly. Look at that
0: waiting. Yeah, yeah. you not know, even. But they just come to you, don't they? It's just it's the inspiration of the spirit. I think that kind of brings it. I, to I you.
1: think yes. Some have the gift of tongue. Some <laughs> have the gift of prophecy, and some have the gift of puns. Although, if my my wife were in the room she would say it is not a gift trust me that's <laughs> right she's the one who's gifted has to
0: endure it it's the gift of patience i guess
1: yes i think yeah. i may have said on this podcast before people are often coming up to her and saying oh it must be hilarious living with andy he's so funny yeah. and she'll look at her at them and say yeah the first time you hear it, yeah. it's funny and even the second time by the time <laughs> it's the 50th time you just want to jump off a cliff really that's
0: right yeah um
1: it's, it's funny though i i did hear a um Funny uh,
0: phrase and a meme somewhere earlier this week about conspiracy theories, right? So it's a conspiracy theories ought to be called spoiler alerts. And I actually think <laughs> you could be, <laughs> you could probably because increasingly you do get the kind of the crazy fringe thing becomes actual. Oh, that's actually happened. You could probably say the same about jokes and satires. I was think use the phrase almost that that the reality the satire has become the reality so fast in Western culture. Probably possibly why I was so uh, grim in my. Uh, Mm. Um, my opening into this episode because I think increasingly we're seeing it and we're almost getting accustomed to it, like we're getting dead into it. Oh, yeah, another crazy thing has happened that used to be a joke yesterday. And so the joke very quickly becomes, as I say, almost like a spoiler alert. Like, this is what's going to happen. What we joke about now is going to be happening in reality tomorrow. And those who, who are joking about it might be called, oh, you're an alarmist. You're, you're saying this is going to happen. It's a slippery slope a trajectory or something and increasingly those things happen but um you know what andy what do you think about the role in general then of of humor Mm. in the midst of these kinds of crises laughing at the situations or laughing in the midst of them
1: yeah for it well it's interesting that my you know the first my first job aaron was working for a large teaching hospital uh in in south london and one of the things I noticed in my you know first five or six years in the world of work, hanging around around medics and and so forth, was they used you know quite dark humour. Um, and then I had a friend who was an undertaker, undertaker who did, who did same. the same. And then I've noticed you know police officers sometimes can be the same. And there is something actually about I think I think that actually yeah, using humour uh, when life is quite difficult and uh, and <coughs> traumatic is is a very human thing to do. And of course mm-hmm. the connection here. Is that you know Russia during the Soviet era was famous, famous for producing this very dark humor mm. where the sort of joke was, pardon the pun, that you couldn't get you know thrown into the gulags for the punchline. So the punchline mm. could look both quite <clears throat> complimentary, but also quite, uh, you know, at the same time be quite, uh, quite biting. So, mm. um mm. I think I came across one the other the other week that a Russian friend had, had shared because it seemed very appropriate for the current era. Mm-hmm. And it concerns, you know, two Russians who are who are talking about the state of Russia. And, and one turns to the other and says, here, Sergey, it is it is so depressing. You know, things are so grim. The, the Russia, she stands on the on the very brink of the abyss. Uh, and I fear what is next. She's on the brink <laughs> of the abyss. What, what 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 should we do? And his friend turns to him and says, "Ah." That is uh, no problem, no problem, Vladimir, no problem, because that was once true. But in the last uh, last week or so, Russia has taken a great step forward. Uh, <laughs> you think that through for a minute—a great step forward, you know, into yeah. said abyss. Uh, but it's clever yeah. because if somebody heard you saying that, you could go, "Oh, I wasn't—I wasn't being derogatory. I, I, I meant a great leap forward." <laughs> yeah, but the three course is that actually plummeting to the bottom, and it's a. Uh, Yeah. So the Soviet era produced. You can buy books of these, or Google Soviet humor, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's interesting that I think this stuff is coming around again because as Russia Mm -hmm. has turned, you know, very totalitarian, and you've got Putin cracking down on on dissidents, Mm -hmm. you know, this stuff again is 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 bubbling up. Mm -hmm. But maybe you know, here in the West, we're going to see more of it because in an age where, like Mm -hmm. J.K. Rowling, you can get cancelled simply for stating the biologically obvious. Maybe, you know, humour once again is going to be the way that we end up critiquing some of this Mm. stuff in a way that we can go, oh, I didn't really mean. (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of a way of almost being able to
0: hide in plain sight in some ways, isn't it? Um, One of the ones I came across uh, recently was a, uh, a judge walks out of his chambers laughing his head off. A colleague approaches him and asks why he's laughing. I just said the funniest joke in the world. Well, go ahead and tell me," says the other judge. "I can't. I just gave someone ten years for it." So there's even there's even a sense in which they uh, are it, within. There is a kind of culture, exactly as you say, within Soviet Russia that, that there was a, an understanding that we know the control, the oppression that we're under, and we need to laugh about it. It's almost one of our coping mechanisms for for dealing with the problem. We know it's absurd, and we know that we can't really change it, and so it's almost a form of Uh, underground revolution or how it might begin by by asking questions even even by laughing at the system and there's a beginning of revolution that could actually be maybe on an existential level maybe on a sense of personal level rather than we're going to actually start a revolution like the russian revolution we're going to try and resist in other ways
1: i think so and i think the other thing that interests me is that that at times i wonder if the church has forgotten something here firstly because, because of course usually well not Perhaps in this case the first example not so much humor but that sort of coded speak that sometimes mm. happens in humor to, cr- to critique the powerful you know it's mm. often pointed out you look at the book of revelation mm. the last book of the new testament um that uses that very kind of apocalyptic language and picture language and metaphor and many mm. commentators think one reason for to do that was you know it was at a time where it would be very dangerous you know if mm. the, if the mm. christians had come you know right out and critiqued the roman empire so there's mm. coded symbols and and things Mm. in there but Mm. the powers of the day are are clearly you know in in view is the first thing yeah and then the other thing of course that i think humor does really well is humor pricks pomposity you know humor is a is really good if you've got somebody being a person or a system who is full of themselves and has got the power you Mm. know what can the little man or woman do well you can use humor and what's interesting we see that in the new testament too we see jesus in particular does it the two examples mm, i think mm. of is the, you know the camel through the eye of the needle yeah. um you know apart from that there was that crazy victorian preacher who put into circulation the idea yeah. that the eye of the needle was actually a gate in the walls around jerusalem that yeah. an overladen camel couldn't go through total nonsense no such thing going on jesus I meant it, a literal yeah. literal yeah. camel yeah. and a literal needle but by, by, the, way, by a- the way
0: just a funny thing on that the uh that yeah. like the, the victorian really it's, it's such a convenient one for rich people isn't it to say don't worry you can have all the stuff just like you just got to do it in sages just bring it through the, <laughs> the kind of dreams, <laughs> a, yes i had
1: yeah. <laughs> i had thoughts about about that but though no, you know what since then you know we, we the funny thing is we know where that that mm. image where mm. that where that crazy bit of ex-Jesus came from no Jesus actually meant a, a literal camel and it's such a beautifully funny image i remember one preacher i heard expounding it saying you know, not me, a very funny, funny but it's yeah. just out like it's, it's like Monty Python esque because mm. even if you put the camel in a blender, you still wouldn't get it through the, <laughs> the eyes of the an needle. And then, of course, the other image that Jesus uses is the uh, you know, the straining out a gnat mm. and swallowing mm. a, a, a camel. Mm. And in both cases, of course, he's using it to attack the pa- those in is in power, either the rich or the yeah. Pharisees mm. who were the mm. religious elite and had the power. And, you know, again, we saw what happened when when Jesus totally came all out and critiqued mm. the authorities. That was part mm. of the things that got him crucified. Mm. But on mm. the way to that, mm. you know, he as a, as a speaker and communicator used yeah. humour. And down through yeah. the ages, mm. Christians have. And I think sometimes we've forgotten the, the power, um, mm. you know, you know, particularly the evangelicals, you know, mm. were committed to truth, which is wonderful, but sometimes we don't always stop and think – How can we package that truth in such a way that it will will land Mm. and get through people's outer defences? And and humour is Mm. is one way of Mm. doing that.
0: Yeah, and and as you say, the examples you point to, it is wonderful that we have examples in scripture. Arguably, we don't have, maybe we don't have enough to justify the amount that we tend towards humour sometimes in the West and in the church because church can be evangelical churches can get very happy, go lucky and superficial because we're trying to win people all the no, time and really? win them over <laughs> well, You speak, speaking as, as evangelistic evangelists, there are, um, it, it, it does happen, doesn't it? Where there's a sense of wanting to win people over, woo people. Um, and so that, that, that is a problem. And we need to be aware of that. Maybe we can talk about that in a moment, but there's mm. clearly this, this theme throughout scripture that, there's a license to use humor. So where you get the kind of very sober, dare I say, the kind of Scottish Presbyterian historically uh, way oh, of oh. <laughs> doing things. Your Dundee friends will be throwing stones at the uh, the Zoom screen if they were here. But, um, yeah, th- th- there's a sense of the sobriety. the sense I can only take God in His seriousness and life in its seriousness if you if you are sober-minded in every respect now paul does call timothy to be sober-minded for example so it is important so we so, so that's why i kind of put the the um counterpoint to saying let's yes. oh great let's just be happy-go-lucky now actually sobriety is a biblical virtue um especially for preaching and for leadership but um i, I think it's clearly tempered with the fact that jesus himself our lord uh, does use those kind of you know, examples of humor because the, the plank the plank and speck in the eye for example another ridiculous like absurd example um i also think of elijah by the way you, you talk about the um
1: oh yes against
0: oppressive rulers they got the kind of is your god you know when he's before the uh the um 450 um baal prophets and he he's literally under under oppression then he's going to get in serious trouble he's got jezebel on his case and ahab and you just think he's you know, he's he's in a situation which is very very difficult, and he he mocks the opposition uh, God, and uh, which is nothing. We'd never do that in a kind of pluralistic debate or something on a panel today. You know, is your God on the toilet? Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not come down yet. Maybe that's why the the fire hasn't come down from heaven. And so he's willing to use humour in a way that's actually
1: on the offensive as well. Yes,
0: I think is is really important, isn't it, to remember.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that. The closest I think I've come very seriously to. To that is i remember um you know occasionally when i'm well more than occasionally when i'm engaging with muslims one of the um you know one of the polemics one of the arguments that muslims will use is they'll claim some will claim the bible's been corrupted because there's a real number of reasons for that but the main reason being the bible doesn't agree with the Quran and so theologically Muslims had to figure that out and one of my responses particularly sometimes in debates has been to say well hang on so let me get this right are you saying that Allah the god of Islam basically allowed all of the previous scriptures to get corrupted, lost, misplaced, eaten by goats, lost on the back of the sofa, until finally I said, what happened? Sometime around about, hmm. you know, 610 AD, the angel Gabriel sidles up to Allah and goes, you know, we've lost another one. And God's like, oh, I don't know what to do, man. And Gabriel's <laughs> go, well, we, the other angels, we were down the pub last night talking about an idea. What well, if you sent down another scripture, but this time did some kind of, you know, divine jiggery pokery and protected it. And Allah's like, oh, Genius! Why did not think of that before? <laughs> and then I've said yeah. it a couple of times in debates. That sounds like a kind of god, quite frankly, who shouldn't be allowed to run a corner shop, let alone the universe. <laughs> and I deliberately want the reaction. I'm going for the reaction. The twist I'll then throw it is to say, I don't think you believe in that kind of god. Mm. But the god you've just described to me is that kind of god. Yeah. And I suppose that links to something you know. You asked about, you know. I mean, mm. you're right about wisdom and how we use. <laughs> humor i'm reminded of Mm. something c.s lewis once said not about humor but i think it's applicable he when he was asked he was asked in one occasion in an interview why he'd started writing narrative and writing fiction Mm. you know narnia books and also of course the cosmic trilogy and whatnot and he has this lovely phrase where he said you know sometimes the front door of people's minds are guarded by watchful dragons as he put it, and you can't get mm. truth through the front door because mm. the, 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 the the door is guarded. But he said, I began to wonder whether using narrative and fiction, mm. if it might be possible to mm. tiptoe past the watchful dragons mm. and, you know, come in through the side door. And I remember when I first read that, I thought, well, that's interesting because I, mm. you know, I can't write fiction like Lewis could, but I, you know, in my case, I can use humor. And so I wonder whether... In a similar vein. In this case, you know, it's possible to tickle the dragon under the nose. And while he's rolling <laughs> on his back, laughing with his paws in the air, yeah. you can charge in through the front door. But yeah. look, very seriously, humor, <clears throat> humor, you know, is, is there's a relationship there with fiction that the way that think people's get, it gets people's guards down. And again, mm. of course, Jesus did this mm. all the time with pa- the parables. There's a mm. reason he taught in parables. Stories stick with you, a joke sticks with you. You know, stories yeah. get truth mm. under your defenses and jokes can. Mm. Too. So I agree with you. I think we can sometimes yeah. be a bit shallow in the evangelical church. But the, the question, I suppose, is, you know, what are we using? What are we using yeah. for? If and we're that, using it for for that kind of end, then then I think it's yeah. a place. And
0: actually, in a way, that's almost a way you could say, if you were trying to think theologically about it, you could say sober-mindedly, you could be sober-minded about your use of humour. You could say, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to use humour because it's important. So, some, of course, are naturally... Some people are more naturally gaggy, like you, maybe, because your puns. Uh, puns are every every. I have minute, been but... told
1: by puns make people gag. If that's well, true.
0: That, yeah, that's basically what I was getting at, to be honest. Yeah, Thank you. Um, yes. and and some so obviously there'll be some who just that just doesn't come to them naturally. So that maybe the one for whom it comes to them naturally has to think and temper their humour. But others who for whom it doesn't, they may have to think exactly as you say. I love that image, tickling the dragon's nose or trying to sneak tiptoe around the dragon. Um, that's really, really important because you've got to think it's, uh, you know, humour is disarming. It's also humanising. It connects to people uh, in ways that other things don't. And so it is a really important thing to kind of cultivate and think about um, in, in order to reach yeah. people. In fact, I, th- I think one of the first times I saw your ministry in action was you making a really risque joke about <laughs> Muhammad. <laughs> yeah, you. it was like, I think you were God. saying, I think you were saying, well... Yeah, it's time for Ram- is it- Ramadan's coming up. And uh, so, as everyone knows, there's voracious debate on social media about whether Muhammad really existed, whether Quran's really existed. Oh, no, sorry. That's what we do at Easter around Jesus. Sorry, we don't say that about Muhammad. Uh, I, I yes. like that. <laughs> I was like, was Well, the great. great thing
1: about that joke was that, of course, I had defensibility. No Muslims got upset. <clears throat> but if any if did, I'd have gone. That's actually not a joke about Islam. That's a joke about, about progressive Western culture. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that your point there, I wonder whether we haven't got time in today's show to explore this, but I wonder actually whether there's a bigger discussion here around the whole way that as Christians, particularly in the evangelical church, I think we have some more work to do here about how the arts are used. You know, we've, Mm. we've forgotten this and to go humor would fall into that category, storytelling Mm. and fiction, Mm. uh, music uh you know um you know fine art painting all of those other things mm-hmm. and to go it intrigues me that i'm sure there are some exceptions so i will not be careful not to paint with a totally you know sweeping brush but you know i think of the seminary i went to you know you you obviously teach at uh, cliff mm-hmm. college you know how many how many bible colleges how many seminaries how many theological training places actually have much in the way of the arts you know, mm. I know lots of courses that mm. will teach people to preach and that they'll teach you here's how to execute the text and here's yeah. how to construct a three-point sermon with every letter mm. beginning with Q, um, and so on. Yeah. But we yeah. don't teach things like, you know, I'd love to see a Christian seminary launch a course in you know creative fiction writing or something, and to go, let's get Christians using the arts and using them yeah, yeah. well, because certainly the other side use them well. I mean, you you go I watch mean, the average Hollywood movie, yeah, it's yeah. value laden um but when Christians use the arts well yeah it's incredibly powerful absolutely and I well, think and historically we've done it you know we that, that was what we did but I think huge yeah yeah well it's not to... we're, a bit, we're a bit afraid of the arts at times yeah no
0: I absolutely agree I think this links in does link into that well and not to you know blow our, blow our own trumpet right? but just before our call here Andy I was actually and you didn't know this I was just in a tutorial with a creative writing course I designed here for Cliff so we do have creative writing in relation to mission um, and I was just in a tutorial with two students who've been writing different pieces of fiction. One's writing a play and one's writing a, a novel. And we're kind of going at it, discussing, batting around the ideas and kind of offering edits and things like that. So but there are there are places that exist that do these things, so they're quite rare. Mm-hmm. There, there's also a place, I think there's a place called The Light College, which does do performing arts stuff uh, more specifically. But you're right, it's a very, very minimal thing because as evangelicals, we want to go straight to the content and we assume these other things are frivolous, so the arts are very frivolous. And therefore, humor's. Uh, very frivolous so we will use it if we if, if we get round to it but let's just get to the main content now clearly you wouldn't want the reverse you wouldn't want just someone telling loads of gags and puns um, as, as brilliant as the banners the puns might be and then having nothing to show at the end of it nothing no gold no substance and I think that's important to bear in mind for some expressions of the church where um, yeah where the delivery the communication the humor Becomes yes. the main event, the main or, you know, the 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 main substance of the meal, let's yeah. say. But as exactly as you say, it's important sprinkling and peppering and, and it's related to the content as well, because I think, as we say, it, the Bible is has many examples of it. Now, what about in, in terms of one of the reasons maybe why evangelicals struggle with humor? I to ask you this to kind of um, finish on maybe would be hmm. uh,
1: finish a well, sense <laughs> of career ending is that what yeah, you mean yeah
0: i'd you like it? you to finish yeah. i don't want you ever say that again this yeah, is this is fun. for your, it's it's for your wife's benefit really just for no more puns because you're going to be stripped from public, public ministry altogether but clearly there's a problem the,
1: the, 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 look look on the bright side if that happens <laughs> somebody, you know next week when putin pops up you'll be able to go russia is being cancelled, like Doctor Bannister?
0: <laughs> exactly, Adley Bannister. He's just waiting for that moment when he can make a comparison between his own cancellation is, and yours. Um, Sorry, so, I headed you off but, the
1: pass. But, Let's that's carry
0: right. on. Um, So I, I think that the issue is, you know, we we're not able to laugh at stuff anymore, and we've we've basically learned this from the world. There, there are, there's an overton window, as it were. There's a kind of things you can and can't talk about, and there's things you can and can't joke about or laugh about. Um, in culture and that you know that shrinks every day there's certain issues you just don't go near and they're not it's not consistent because we laugh at other things that might be inappropriate But there's certain things you're not allowed to laugh at and certain people aren't allowed, allowed to laugh at now there might be good reasons for that of course uh, there's the contextual issues and situations pastoral concerns and yet there seems to be a problem doesn't there we, we've maybe lost the ability to laugh at ourselves and maybe the the ability to yeah to be open and and be able to kind of even banter in, in in debate do you think there's like an issue
1: here that we we've created for ourselves that might mean inhibits us from yeah. using humor well there certainly has in wider culture and it's been well talked about um that there's a whole raft of things now you're not allowed to say and to go any joke that you do somebody somebody is going uh somebody is going to take uh, offense i i love the fact that every Every year in Scotland, well, it, we, we we didn't have it last year or so because of COVID. But every year in Scotland, they have the Edinburgh Festival, big arts festival that happens in Edinburgh. Not hence the hence name; it's very name. confusing. It yeah. happened in Glasgow, hasn't it? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and there's a lot of comedy happens as part of the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. And every year there's a there's a competition. There's a there's a vote for the for the best joke. And about three years ago, there was this um, comedian called Olaf Falafel, which is a great name for a for a comedian. And he he won the Edinburgh Festival Joke of the Year. Uh, with this joke as part of his act, which was, he said, I went to see the doctor and I said, doctor, I, I, I've started shouting randomly out the names of vegetables. I, I shout out things like cauliflower and, and uh, broccoli. And the doctor looked at me and said, I'm terribly sorry, sir. You have florets, <laughs> um, which I just thought was hilarious. And uh, lots of people did and it won the thing. That you know, is right up the banister the, street of puns, the, isn't the it? The ink is... was hardly dry before the Tourette Society, which apparently oh, yes. is a is a thing got you know complained and went. oh well this is uh, this is deeply offensive to people who actually have that you know that 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 you know mm. expletive condition <laughs> and um, and it was just insane now thankfully the Edinburgh Festival on this occasion didn't back down but there have been plenty of examples where people have gone oh I'm I'm terribly sorry and we will of course uh, never never do that again mm. um and so I think that does that mm. Mm. and then I think that has infected the church as as well the people are very very nervous and then uh, you mentioned banter i mean it's interesting right we we always start part of the quiz. start part of the gap system so does have whole episodes that are quite a lot of banter and banter has been something you know you and i have discussed about when when michael has been involved in the past as well we just we've discussed because you know mm-hmm. lots of people <clears throat> love it and i know lots of you listen to the show because you like <clears throat> the banter god bless mm-hmm. you but we've also had we have actually had complaints i won't mention the name mm-hmm. we had one quite well respected evangelical kind of leader um you know sort of go oh, you, you, too much banter you should, you should cut straight to the content mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know i know you and i talked about that mm-hmm. quite a bit of was there too much but again it was mm-hmm. that idea of going until you get to the propositional truth mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. doing the job and then we've also had two or three people sort of say oh the, the banter is very blokey you know it's off-putting mm-hmm. to, to, to 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 women which is hilarious because i know some of our biggest fans of women there's you know, mm-hmm. um mm. Mm. <laughs> it's a cool, I won't call anybody up by name, but you go and look on Facebook, there's well it's often there's one or two, uh, you know, our female fans particularly the first to leap in and go, that's a great episode. Thank you very much. Mm. You know who you are. Mm. Um but mm. I think it gets to an interesting point, doesn't it? That I think there is a thing about humour and gender mm. is a thing. Now, this is a whole this is a whole great
0: can of, <gasps> it's a wonderful kind of worms, worms open, yeah it's It is a, i
1: can just see the can being opened and worms
0: i can see your <laughs> career just drifting out into the ether drifting out and exploding that's
1: right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right but it's well known um and it's actually and once it's actually it, i say it's not controversial it shouldn't be controversial i mean i watch a lot of comedy i love watching comedy i've learned huge amounts from watching and listening to comedians mm. and it's not Rocket Science, if you go and mm. listen to a set of, you know, female, male, male comedians, you will find they tend to do comedy a little bit differently than mm. female comedians. You go and, you know, any examples I pick, somebody's going to go, oh, you just selected them. But, you know, yeah, you go yeah. and listen to Joe Brand, uh, go and listen to Eddie Izzard, uh, you know, you'll get, yeah. you know, whoever it is, there are differences. I think a couple of things. And again, you know, you can always find people who buck the trend. Mm. But, you know, women... Tend to do a lot, we will do on the whole more comedy that's sort of more observational about life and slightly longer stories, and there'll be a bit more sort of emotion, emotions woven through the stories. And that, that that's not a critique, this is the way it's done. Go listen to, you could find plenty of examples of this. On the other hand, a, an example of a genre that I think men are, you know, have got pretty much mm. sewn up the fast moving rapid fire pun approach, which obviously I quite like. You know, sure. You're going to listen to like, say, something like Tim Vine. Oh, yeah. For example, who you know is, I think, the record for the most number of puns in five minutes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know of any women on the circuit who have that style of comedy. Mm. And Mm. and I think it's just a a difference. And I think those gender differences, and we've talked about gender differences in the past and occasionally got ourselves Mm. in trouble, I think they pop up in various ways. Yeah. And they pop up in in humor. Another example might be Python, the the Monty Python style Mm. Mm. of humor. You know, my kids have discovered you know, the Holy Grail and think it's the funniest thing kind of ever. Um, <laughs> I love a lot of my, my male friends like that style of humor. It's quite a common story that a lot of them will say their our, our wives don't. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say, so don't start writing in. If you're a, a <clears throat> woman this, I like Monty Python. Yeah, sure. I'm not, we're not talking saying everybody I'm saying, if you look at the audience for that style mm-hmm. of humor, it mm-hmm. skews more, it skews more male um and that's absolutely fine it's not there's no that's not a bad thing it's not a negative thing it's not a good thing it's just a thing um mm. but it does mean i guess for the likes of you and i when we banter we're going to banter in a more blooky kind of way yeah because that's who we are
0: yeah and i think it does feed into you know this again this is quite a kind of worms, isn't it because it does open it get us into exactly those essentialist debates about <clears throat> you know, the differences between men and women and whether even men can say things about women um, without women in the room, that kind of thing. And the, it, it, exactly things get misread and mis, misunderstood, I think sometimes because, um, yeah, because there isn't that kind of mutual understanding in the way you've articulated it, and saying just, there is just difference and, and that's okay. It doesn't need to be the fact that everyone has to make a very monochrome and mono, um, you know, a, 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 yeah, monotone way of, of, of understanding Humor and culture together. And I guess exactly uh, part of the problems this feeds into um, or out of, perhaps, is that when you say the thing about all these loads of male examples, and someone could write and say, Oh, but I know this and this female comedian, she banters uh, just like all the men, usually they would be the exception. Um, rather than the rule and then the answer would just be ah but that's only because there aren't enough spaces within the comedy market it's clear we all know it's all dominated by men and that's why it's happened and you will always get that answer continually so you can never actually use even empirical evidence observations of culture or or society you you can't use that as evidence because the only reason that says because the the patriarchy's controlled it oh okay is there an answer that isn't just the patriarchy control everything and no okay just 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 tell me that and then i don't need to hear
1: any well, response from you? And the irony yeah. there, the irony there. This is we don't want this. We don't want this to segue from a show on sort of comedy and communication into one on gender because we've got, you know, we've done a one on gender. We may do more, but is the fact that, of course, the irony of that is when you push that to its logical conclusion, and it is being pushed way beyond its logical conclusion in culture right now. One of the tragedies is it actually destroys, mm. you know, feminism in in any of its forms because right now you look at this debate going on in culture where everyone is afraid to actually answer the question what is a woman um yeah the Labour Party here in the UK have gotten themselves in all manner of trouble with senior figures unable to answer that question thankfully actually the Prime Minister for all of his faults and I have no candle to light for for Boris trust me listening to this (laughs) if you're if you're not a Boris Johnson fan but he did at least come out and go I think there is something fairly essential about biology but of course Mm. you know I was a, I was on some I forget which website it was the other day, a more progressive website where somebody was trying to run the argument again. Well, yeah, biology does matter, and mm. uh, you know they were they, their opponents were going, oh well, you say you know being famous, it was all about chromosomes, but you know there are people with you know this yeah, exception, yeah. and exactly yeah. the same thing uh, of going well because I can find one little exception. Mm. Um, and the analogy yeah, yeah. I sometimes use actually is going, we've forgotten. We've forgotten, haven't we? We've That forgotten how to think in categories and go, you know, the way that we think mm. about anything is we go, here's mm. a category that catches mm. 99.9% of the mm. of the cases. And mm. we will have, there are some edge cases, mm. but we deal with those separately. And it happens mm. in ethics at the risk of causing mm. gratuitous offence. I've often found very helpful, you know, when it comes to things like the abortion debate, because people will always throw at you things like rape and incest. Yeah, and so, yeah, well, okay, yeah. let's take those edge cases and put those to one side we can talk about those separately let's talk about the majority of the cases where it's done as a form of contraception Mm. and i know that will offend either those who are you know if there's anyone listening who happens to be pro-abortion and it'll also offend you know radical anti-abortion people going what do you mean there are edge cases just
0: Yeah, 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 yeah with
1: me um and then equally the analogy i sometimes use around the gender thing is to say look you know what the definition of a square is a is a four-sided geometrical shape with every side the same length and the and the angles at the corners are 90 degrees that however if my son draws a square in a six-year-old way it's mm. going to be a little bit sloppy that doesn't mean we can't define mm. what a square is yeah we simply the, go okay
0: yeah. yeah we
1: need to recognize there are some edge cases where that doesn't quite fit but you know we yeah. still know what's going on yeah
0: yeah that, that's a really good point i think it does you know to, and to you know bring that back round to the um the humor question is, is is that the reason why this is a big problem but because we can't speak in those categories because we can't um understand each other and we're trying to almost in, in a weird way we're trying to squareify everything um which also links back to totalitarianism by the way which we which we began with laughing at soviet totalitarianism and now that it's kind of russian instantiation today beyond in the russian federation um it's, it's the problem. It's the problem that we've seen in socialism previously. Let's just equalize. Let's just make everything um, the same. And so, of course, there's good reasons to bring equity, to give everyone equal opportunities, this kind of thing, and remove prejudices. There will always be prejudices. But um, still, there's a problem with this movement that we've seen in the West, which really does suck the life out of life in many ways. You get cancellations of comedians, people misunderstanding, people not able to understand the generalizations that um that are there even and, and just jumping on particulars all the time and it really does just um as i say uh pull pull the um the, the comedy out of things and i think it, it it's a sad kind of state of affairs that we sort of live in but but there clearly are you know, as we've been talking about there are positive ways to redeem this aren't there so is there any, anything from you as a as our chief yeah. punster that you think ah. you could t- takeaways for for uh for christians to kind of redeem this situation of humorlessness in our kind of woke culture and to bring it around to a positive thing without
1: kind of offending everyone. Well, let me say um, just two things. I mean what what one more important than the other. Well, actually they're both important. They the first thing is let's get lots of Christians into the arts. We need we need Christians going into the arts. You know, Christians will often think about a whole range of things, but I think because the arts gets that that little bit neglected, um so the first thing to say is if you are or you know a Christian who you know can do comedy. Who can write? Who can sing? Who can draw? Who could whatever it is? Encourage them. Uh, Well, if you know one, encourage them. If you are that person, you know, don't hide that light under a bushel. You know, I've come across Christians who sort of think they're almost second-class citizens because you know I can't preach, but I can I can tell jokes. Hmm. Well, you know, I do I do puns. I'm not good enough to do stand-up comedy, but maybe some of you listening are. We'll go do it. We need Christians in those places, and it's been exciting. I get really thrilled when I see Christians. Grabbing hold of, be it comedy or communication, or whatever we need more Christians in the arts. But then the other thing, Aaron, the, the 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 other piece behind this, and we've touched on this one part of the gaps before, is the importance of forgiveness. You know, we have forgotten our culture has forgotten that virtue. That's hmm. been written about. um You know, we've mentioned several times on the show. You know, Douglas Murray, the atheist journalist, has written about this, about what happens in the culture that you know sort of hang you know remembers the judgmental part of christianity even though it's Mm. thrown god out but forgets the forgiveness part and it's it's awful it's just awful and it's going to get worse before it gets better Mm. but i get worried i see that in the church when i see you know christians on you know social media or wherever it is deciding they're going to read something in the worst possible way they're going to behave in the in the worst way that the culture does you know i think Mm. a great principle and the christian should take the lead on is is generosity. So if somebody says something that offends me, rather than me lead with all they've offended me, maybe my reaction should be, oh, okay, what's the most generous reading here? What Mm. did they mean? Even if they didn't quite say it right, even if they Mm. misphrased it slightly, they could have phrased it better. What might they have been saying? You know, were they really Mm. saying something that crass and stupid? Mm. Or is it simply they could have done better? And I think Mm if Christians can model what it looks like, and that doesn't mean we don't have conversations with people where we sit down with somebody and say, hey, brother, sister, maybe you could have phrased that a little bit differently because it wasn't helpful. Mm. Um, But we do that with grace and we do that over a pint of Mm. beer rather Mm. than, you know, wherever. And then maybe Mm. that would give us a platform to perhaps then begin, you know, modeling Mm. to the world. And hey, even if not, the church has always been different and the church should Mm. be different. Mm. And I think there's a real actually evangelistic opportunity for the mm. church to model to people here's a community where there's forgiveness have you been cancelled have you been burnt have you been flamed out mm. by the world you know jk rowling has some kind of christian faith um it's not quite sure what shape it's in but you know, she said talked in interviews about her faith she's you know mm. talked about how that informed some of the themes in harry potter so i hope and i pray that she's got really good Christians whose faith is really strong around her. Because right now, you know, what an attractive way to, to reach out to someone and draw them a bit closer to Christ to say, mm. you know, you're someone who needs to know what forgiveness and welcome looks like. Well, that's what the gospel mm. is all about. I think there's a lot of people like Rowling who have been burnt by culture. And there's a huge opportunity for the church without mm. wading into politics or anything, really, just mm. to show, hey, we are a people, you know, marked out by forgiveness hmm. um hmm. and let's 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 rediscover well we don't let's reshow that virtue to the world hmm. yeah wonderful that's really 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 helpful
0: Andy. just to think of you know how how so many of these debates happen and how the church needs to model that charity in how and being for each other being relational being being genuinely family with one another the only thing that was missing there i'm afraid was a pun of course i thought there's so many options there with magic and wizardry but i'll leave, we'll leave that uh for next time um well i hope you found this um helpful in some way or humorous or indeed offensive uh but then be charitable if you did um and we do hope you'll uh, be back to listen next time and um, we do hope you'll be able to continue to share the podcast if you find it helpful to others and indeed consider supporting it if you want to as well which would be lovely it might help us uh uh, take it to the next level with some of these sort of sound issues we've been having recently. But I think we've hopefully conquered that. We'll see. Anyway, um till next time I've been Aaron Edwards and this has been uh, the Pun My Andy, Andy Bannister. See you next time.
1: Bye for now.